Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast. www.worshipministrycatalyst.com Worship Ministry Catalyst is a networking resource for all worship leaders and worship team members, serving as a catalyst to facilitate worship in the local church. And now, here are your hosts, David Lindner and Kevin Cruz. Well, hello, 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 everyone. Hello. Welcome to episode 131. 131. Of the Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast. Um, a little side note, we're recording on a different day today, so the food pantry is going on. We right typically the door. we typically record on Thursdays. Today we're recording on Wednesday because David tell why. Yeah, it's because Harper hurt her leg. So, um, I'll get that in just a second. But so if you hear noise in the background, probably coming through Kevin's mic because he's sitting right in front. Yeah, of the door I guess I can move with a condenser. Well, I don't think it's going to change all that much. Hello, sitting right in front of the door with a condenser microphone. So he's going to pick up. You might you might hear some conversations you're not supposed to hear if you listen carefully. Yeah, there's definitely like, some crowd noise. Yeah. So so anyway, food just, pantry. Just a little little heads up on that. But yeah, so we were going to record last Thursday. Yep. Today is Wednesday, July 9th. And we we're going to record the first Thursday. That's what we've been trying to do. And Kevin was still willing to record the first Thursday, even though he had just gotten back from the Dominican Republic. And I, was, I was on my way. I was in the car yeah. getting, getting ready to uh, to come here. And um, I, had, I had had a couple meetings that morning and uh, got through the first one. And I get a message from my wife. Uh, we had just put up a trampoline for the kids. Like hours ago. Yeah. Like this was their first time jumping on it for that morning. I finished it the night before. They're jumping on it in the morning. They they actually woke up before <laughs> anyone else and they snuck out into the back and were jumping on the trampoline before <laughs> anyone else was awake. Um, but... So they're out there jumping on it very first time, and I get a message from my wife. Mm. Um, Harper Harper hurt her leg and has not stopped crying. Oh. So bum, she's bum, our bum. tough kid. You know, she's the one that, that doesn't get hurt. And if she gets hurt, it doesn't last long. So so I'm like, well, let's, let's wait a little bit, see, see what happens. Maybe she'll tough it out. Maybe, you know, walk it off, right, like, like you're supposed to do. And... Um, like four hours later, still crying, still in immense pain. It's, it's not getting it's any not, better. Nothing's changing. She's had Tylenol, still not any any better off. And so, um, had to call up Kevin, cancel, and say, "Hey, uh, got to run Harper into the urgent care and get her leg looked at." So, but it might be a fracture. It might be a chip off of bone. We still don't know. We'll find out next Monday. We'll let you know next time we record. Sad. But yeah, anyway, so so here we are. It's July 9th. We are we're upstairs in the uh in the worship ministry catalyst sweatshop. Yeah, you know, it's actually my house doesn't have air conditioning, Mine so either. so like this actually isn't horrible. Like right, not I'm too bad. Th- this is about what it feels like in my house, you know. It's probably about 80. Yeah. Yeah. And which I mean, I'm I'm used to it. I'm okay <laughs> with it. Now, my, my parents, on the other hand, you know, they, they'd be like freaking out or my mom specifically, you know, oh my gosh, it's hot in here. You know, uh, my office here 
is the coldest room in the whole building. Oh, so so, so party in yeah, David's so office, like, right? It's like 68 degrees in my office year round. So when the wow. air is on, you know, the other rooms will be like 74, 73 degrees. And mine will be down in the 60s. Do, you, so do you like it kind I of do. on the cooler side? I like the cool one. Ah, see, I'm I'm more, I like things on the warmer side. You know, I do. Like, I, I enjoy the heat. I do not like the heat. Yeah, you know, I, I actually, it, we've talked, you know, we've talked about, Hey, should we get air conditioning? You know, is that something we want to do? Um, and you know, we we just kind of finally landed. Both Mel and I, we enjoy it being warm. We enjoy the sun. We enjoy the 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 heat. And we're like, you know, where we live in the Northwest, you know, really, there's only a few months out of the year that that you you know really need air conditioning. Um, you know, and and we do we you know we got some ceiling fans and all the rest, and we do a pretty good job of keeping it you know around 80 or whatever and we're good with it so no ac for us just yesterday i was looking into a way to get ac (laughs) (laughs) you're like how can i cool how do i cool it down in here (laughs) i can't take it anymore i can't take it but um (laughs) yeah and the funny thing about that is i don't know if you've ever looked into the incentives from like the pud that you yeah don't you get like credits or rebates or whatever so um but you can't do that if you have um natural gas oh did you know that no i didn't know that there's there's a Why? law there's a law that says the electric company can't do anything to incentivize people away from the gas company and vice versa what so like <laughs> so because you have gas then yeah. then like you're you're out of luck and i'm talking to the guy on the phone and he's saying actually you know the setup you're wanting to get sounds like a very smart setup because you'd have gas heat so if it's really cold, we've got the gas heat. Uh, but if gas prices go up, you can use the the heat pump. Yeah, then yeah. You can cool your house off. You've got all these options for you know for keeping your costs down when it comes to heating. So, but but the government doesn't really care about that. <laughs> wow. Um, you know, it's funny in our old house, our our Troutdale house uh, back in the day, we we had a heat pump and we had a gas furnace. Uh, same exact kind yeah. of set of gas furnace and then uh the people who had the house before us put in a heat pump so that there was ac in the summer and you could use the heat pump but yeah I mean, what we ended up doing we just used the gas furnace most often in the winter um and then we would use the the heat pump when it wasn't you know as cold and mm-hmm. then for the summer and and it was real nice um but we don't have it in our new house yeah, that's the, okay. The rough, rough life we lead. Yeah, yeah. first world problems. Yes. Which yeah. actually... Have you seen that video? No. You have got to check out this video of, I think, of some African kids who are reading tweets that people put up on Twitter of oh, first world problems. I think... Yes, yes, yes. I think I have seen it, right? <laughs> yeah. And... Oh. Man, if something doesn't smack you in the face like that, that's... Yeah. Uh, yeah, first world problems, which actually is kind of a segue... Yeah. Um, so David kind of mentioned it, uh, last Thursday when, um, we were going to meet, I just gotten back from the, uh, Dominican Republic. I went to the Dominican Republic, which is on the other side of Haiti, right? Yeah. 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 So, So. yeah. So there's one Island. I, I don't know the name of that Island. It's, it's got a name, but half of the Island is actually not half, probably a third of the Island on the West side is Haiti. And then two thirds of the Island on the East side is the Dominican Republic. Um, it is right. It's right. Uh, it's like Southeast of Cuba, uh, just to the, uh, just to the West of Jamaica. So that kind of gives you, it's where all those little islands are, you know? 
Yeah, people are probably really familiar with Haiti because of the earthquake. And right. I think last time um, we talked, after your last trip, um, we talked about how um, the Dominican Republic had been hit hard too, but nobody was paying attention to the Dominican Republic yeah. and Haiti was kind of getting all the press. And But the Dominican Republic is a much less developed part right no actually no, no opposite so opposite. Ha- yeah okay. haiti actually has has a lot less development and infrastructure than the dominican republic um but you know i mean in in you know in the grand scheme of things <laughs> you know the dominican republic <laughs> it, it's not like a resort right. you know <laughs> it's, it's not um, like cabo yeah yeah so uh, you know i mean interesting there are some parts like you you uh you fly into Santo Domingo which is the capital of Dominican Republic and and that's kind of their their big city that you know that's the capital that's where you fly in and and there's some you know there's some actual like nice you know resort luxury hotel type type places there um but you get 15 minutes out you know and it you're just talking like you know, cinder block construction, tin mm-hmm. roof, you know, mm-hmm. cement floors. And, and that's, that's really it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, once you get away anywhere out of Santo Domingo. Um, so we were in, in uh, Barahona, which is about three and a half hours west of Santo Domingo. Uh, so right on the coast, um, you know, uh, so it, it's a coastal city, just like Santo Domingo is. Um, but it, it's, uh, it's only about 45 minutes away from the, the Haitian border. Um, so, you know, yeah, you figure, you know, Santa Domingo, just keep traveling west. You got Barahona and I think then there's one more major city and then you have, uh, Haiti. Um, so where we were, you know, yeah, lots of poverty. Um, and you know, and it's interesting because, you know, I mean, poverty looks different in different parts of the world, you know, and, and some people hear the word poverty, you know, and they get images of, you know, you know, little African kids with no clothes and big swollen mm-hmm. bellies, right. you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, living in like a mud hut, uh, you know, trying to mash together like, you know, some bugs or, you know, like right. so, some people think that's what poverty drinking is. Drinking dirty water. Right. Yeah. 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 Dr- drinking, you know, drinking mud out of a, out of a river, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever, or, or out of a stagnant, you know, hole right. in the, um, in the ground. But, you know, it's like poverty looks different in different parts of the world. And, you know, interesting, like, um, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of Dominicans that, you know, they, they have clothes, you know, they're, they're not living in rags, you know, they're, they're not living with like diseases on their faces. And, you know, those pictures of the, you know, kids that have like eye lesions or whatever, you know, it's like, I, I mean, a lot of them look put together, um, and you know um and and they they have some type of home you know mostly it's just like i said a cinder block home cement floor tin roof um but i I think the the thing that i keep going back to is is that concept of you know they they have just enough to live you know um or in some cases not even really enough Mm -hmm. you know i i think I think it's like a dollar seventy nine a day. You know, it's considered the global poverty level. You know, so whatever that is, you know, about fifty bucks a month or mm-hmm. um, something like that. And you know, and and that's what some of these people are are literally living on. And um, you know, it, it it might not look like the uh, the images or the pictures that we we think of or see. You know, on on the TV. 
uh, but it's still poverty. It, it's people who who barely have enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then you contrast that to my first world problems, right? <laughs> of I don't have AC in my house. You know, I don't have a pool. Yeah, man, it's hot. It's hot outside. We need to get a pool. I have um, to take off one of my layers of clothing. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. I have too many layers of clothes yeah. on right now. And it's like, anyway, you know, so I, I uh, you know, I mean, I could probably sit here and, and talk for hours about just some, some of those experiences of, you know, recognizing how wealthy I am. Mm-hmm. Um and I'll, I'll share one quick thing on that because what we're what we're going to talk about. I mean, I guess this all on, this is all kind of ties in together. Mm-hmm. But what we what we were planning on talking about was um, the music in the Dominican Republic because I I, I was privileged enough to work with um, some of the musicians and the worship team at the church that we were serving at, and you know I got to play with them. I got to teach them some things. And so, you know, I, I had this really fun, cool, awesome, unique experience uh, doing music and worship in a cross-cultural mm-hmm. setting in the Dominican Republic, and it was awesome. Yeah. It really was. But before I get there, you know, all I was going to say was um, wh- one of the things that really, really convicted me, uh, one of the guys that came on the trip with us, um, Steve Jones, he works uh, for Compassion International, and, that, and that's who we went with. We went mm-hmm. with uh, Compassion. So Melanie, myself, we sponsor a child through Compassion. And that was part of this trip was mm-hmm. to be able to meet our sponsor child. And there's other people in our church who sponsor kids in the Dominican Republic and they got to meet their kids. And, wow. you know, you know, so and, and, and I mean, that, that was awesome. And that's a that's a whole nother story, you know, meeting mm-hmm. our sponsor child. But anyway, so Steve, he's been working with Compassion for about 20 years now. And uh, he's the uh, director of artist relations for Compassion. So um, any any like a musician or speaker or author or artist who um, uh, w- works with Compassion, um, and you know, and and like, like Sean Groves, I know he's a big Compassion. Yeah, Michael Levy Smith, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. um, Amy Grant, yeah, mm-hmm. and Jeremy Cam. So all these people, Steve actually like he's their Compassion rep, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, as a side note, Steve Steve is gets all these really cool experiences, <laughs> like going backstage, you know, yeah. traveling with Michael Levy Smith to Guatemala, mm-hmm. um, you know, just doing these kind of things. Right. Um, and. Uh, Cast and Crowns actually just recently joined uh, Compassion, so he got to meet with Mark Hall, you know, talking about what a part, you know, what their partnership would look like with Compassion, and so anyway, so Steve's a really cool, yeah. cool guy. Um, anyway, but right before we left for the DR uh, Dominican Republic DR, um, uh, Steve actually preached at our church at Laurelwood, and and he's he preached on the subject of poverty. Uh, he he knows a thing or two about it, and. One of the things he he said that really really convicted me um, was this idea that uh, you know in in America and and he Steve was using himself for example he's like you know I, I used to have this idea of like okay on on this on the scale of like absolute poverty to absolute wealth like I'm about in the ma- in the middle you know if if absolute poverty on the left-hand side is, you know, swollen belly, rags, you know, uh, uh, d- dirty water, you know, mud huts. Um, and then absolute wealth on the right-hand side is Bill Gates, you know, billion dollars, you know, 
owning the Seattle, you know, Seattle Seahawks or Paul Allen, I guess that would be, um, you know, it seems like, well, I'm not super, super poor and I'm not super, super rich. So I'm about right in the middle, you know, and, and like, it just convicted me so much because I mean, that, that's how I felt like a lot of times, like I'm not really poor, but I'm definitely not really rich. So, you know, so I mean, really, what could I do? You know, like I, like I barely have enough money to feed my family, you know, or I barely have enough money to, you know, pay the, pay the mortgage or, you know, wh- whatever it is. And it just convicted me as Steve started fleshing that out, you know, and, and he's like, you guys got to understand, you know, what, what global poverty is, you know, that dollar 79 a day thing. And, and, and he started throwing out these statistics, you know, he's like, if you, you know, if you make at least $20,000 a year, you're in the top 25% of the world's wealth, you know, um, if you make $30,000 a year and own one vehicle of any type, you're in the top 15% of the world's wealth. And he kind of kept going. And finally, like he landed on, if you make at least $50,000, you know, if your household makes $50,000, if you have two vehicles of any of any kind, you know, that in any working condition, and if you have a hobby, a recreational hobby that requires some sort of, um, of gear, you know, whether that's uh, golfing, you know, requires golf clubs or skiing mm-hmm. or, uh, I mean, even disc golf, you know, frisbees, I mean, whatever it is. If you have a hobby that requires you to, you know, purchase some sort of uh, equipment and you make 50000 and you have two vehicles of any kind, you are in the top 1% of the world's wealth. Like, you are, you are the 1% richest person in the world, you know? And, and so Steve was just kind of just breaking down that, that paradigm, that stereotype that, well, I'm not rich enough to do anything, you know, like, like I'm not poor, but I'm not rich. And so because I'm in the middle, like, what can I do? Like, I can't help out. Like, I I can't do anything about poverty because, you know, there's nothing I can do. And, uh, you know, Steve's challenge was, no, like you guys, we live in America. Like we are we were born automatically into one of the richest places in the entire world. And he's like, most of us are in that top 1% of wealth, you know? And he's like, you know, you, you might think that you can't do anything. He's like, but there is so much that we can do, you know, whether it's something simple like sponsoring a kid or whether it's simple or, or doing something more, you know? And, and what is that? you know, I was like, I, I don't know. I mean, what, mm-hmm. what is that next step? But, Anyway, so that going to the DR with that in the back of my mind, just realizing I'm I'm filthy rich, you know, and I don't feel like it a lot because I got bills and mortgage and you know all these other things, but um, it's like those are kind of first world problems, um, you know, ha- having to make repairs on my car, mm-hmm. you know, having to uh, um, uh, you know pay for my daughter to do swim lessons, you know, <laughs> right? It's like. So I'm, you know, just realizing there are things I can do, like, mm-hmm. and and I, I I can be doing a lot more. You know, right now we sponsor one kid. It's like, you know, can I sponsor two? Yeah, I mean, thirty eight dollars a month is, is really not much. Um, and you know, it's, it's like our family goes out to eat, and it's at least thirty eight dollars. Um, so anyway, all that to say, I you know, I've been really convicted. You know, in the last several weeks. Uh, that message Steve preached right before the DR, going to the DR, coming back from the DR, seeing all these first world problems. 
Um, anyway, I, sorry, I've been kind of talking a long time. <laughs> well, you know, just that's something I've I've thought about a lot. Um, kind of hitting on it, you know, like an entitlement mentality. Yeah, something we face a lot, at least at our church, is that um, is that there's just an entitlement to stuff. And it doesn't matter if you're in, you know, the, you know, the class of the poor in America or, you know, or rich, you know, there's an entitlement mentality that goes across all, all the, at least uh, pretty much all the people that I've come in contact with. And it's just, um, it's really eye opening to think that, uh, we don't, we're not really, I mean, we don't, we're not really entitled to anything. Mm. We, we, uh, we have all this stuff. We've been, we've been given this stuff to steward for the kingdom in some way. And, um, you know, if, if God had just chosen differently, we'd be, we're, we're the ones, you know, growing up in, in the Dominican Republic or, or Africa yeah. or, you know, just, yeah. um, you know, there's just, there's just a lot of grace even and just the the fact that we get to live where we live or you know people pretty much anyone listening to this podcast is probably you know a very blessed person because yeah. they have the technology to be able to download and listen you know to this podcast yeah. and and um, it's true i mean and and that was part of the conviction you know part of the conviction was my own selfishness and my own entitlement that mm-hmm. um you know whether whether i feel you know I, I deserve my, you know, um, perfect little suburban life, you know, with the with the house and the lawn or whether I feel, you know, that I deserve, um, you know, this because I'm an American or and, and I think it extends, like you said, even people in our country who who are, you know, who are poor, I think even sometimes there can be an entitlement like, well, I deserve my welfare check, mm-hmm. you know. Or you know, I deserve my my free food. You right, know, I mean, right. wh- whenever it is, I I deserve the food pantry over at Six Eight Church. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> but I, I think you know, I think um, because I was listening to Matt Chandler talk about about this whole topic and generosity and that and all that stuff, and and he was and he he's not he's very much anti prosperity gospel. You know, he's very biblical when it comes to to money and, but he was just talking about generosity and how God has been so generous to us with Mm. so many things and that, that the world needs people who know how to make money. Like, like the kingdom of God needs people who know how to make money so that it can be used to further the kingdom. Right. Yeah. For the right things. (laughs) And, um, the, the problem I think we've run into is we've, we've kind of, we've kind of, put up on a pedestal, those people who know how to make money and then shied off from the challenge of, of saying, Hey, you, you know how to, you know how to run a business, you know how to make a profit. Um, what are you doing with that money for God's kingdom? You know, we, as soon as it kind of, we go to cross that line, it's like, we've gone too far, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but it's such a, it's such a good question. And it's the question I'm asking myself, like, you know, now it's been a few weeks since the, the DR and and I'm like, man, wh- you know, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it was it was really tough, man. Like, so we came back, and you know, we we had um, you know we purposely kind of eaten most of the food in our house because you know we didn't want it all to you know rot or whatever while we were gone. So you know, we we get home, and that next day, like, we go grocery shopping, 
I'm sitting there in Winco, you know, the the big grocery store here, um, and and I'm just like looking around. I'm like, oh my gosh, man! I mean, like, do I really need twelve varieties of crackers? Like, do I need to, like, do I do I need to choose between different crackers? And you know, we go down the cereal, like the cereal aisle. Literally, there's a whole aisle that's just like cereal, you know. Well, and like you know, and I've thought about that too. Or like I think about it with our food pantry because. Pretty much all of the food that we get is food that there was too much of at the store. From stores. And so, so like we get, we get pallets, literally pallets full of food that was left over. Too much food for the store. Like they couldn't sell. It's just too much. Wow. You know, and and so they you know they give it away and they get a tax write off and all that stuff. Yeah, well, and it's great it. because then your church yeah. is able to help out people right. in the community, and 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 that's and that's a great thing, you know, for sure. But no, and it's true. I mean, I, I just remember that that Saturday, you know, grocery shopping and just you know, um, just feeling like a little overwhelmed, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the thing the thing that I keep going back to that that Steve Jones said when he was preaching. You know, it's this idea that, okay, we were born in America, all right? Um, and and yes, we were born into wealth. Now, the question is, what are you going to do with it? Mm-hmm. Like, so I could sit here and bemoan the fact that, oh, man, you know, it's not fair that my sponsor child, Hanlet, you know, it's not fair he was born in Dominican Republic. Like, that's not fair. Man, you know, come on, God, why was I born in America? It's not fair. Um, or I could say, all right. I was born in America. I, I, I do make money. Um, I am wealthy in the world standards. What am I going to do? Because I, I, I may never know poverty like Hanlet does. I may never know poverty like the Dominican Republic does. Um, but I do know, like, I do know the, the, um, the, the sting and the pain of loss. And I do know the, the sting and the pain of, of feeling, you know, broken and stuff. And, and those are universal things mm-hmm. like like Hanlet's felt loss and pain and stuff. I have it's just it's different. And so the question is, what can I do with what God's given me? You know, yeah. I have been born in America. What am I going to do with it? Yeah. And this may sound like it has nothing to do with worship, but it does. And we're out of time for this episode. Oh, so, man. So we're <laughs> I, didn't, gonna, I didn't even get to yeah. the whole music, no, but so the cross-cultural we'll, we'll music thing. Because I have a lot of ideas about what we're talking about okay. and how, how it relates to to worship in uh, in our current day. And Sorry so, I talk so much, no, man. No, no, it's good. It's good. It's good, uh, especially a good setup for the next for the next episode. There so, we go. We're we're just we're just teasing the next episode. Yeah. So so you're gonna make sure you got to make sure to tune in for the episode one thirty two. Yeah, to check out uh, the follow up to uh, this podcast. But um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to talk about that. It'll be interesting to see what happens and and kind of the changes we're going through. Not just as a church, but you know, even in a country, uh, there's a lot of changes going on in the way we think about this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, but so make sure uh, make sure you tune back in episode 132. For now, that's all the time we have. So you can find us online at www.worshipministrycatalyst.com. You can uh, like us on Facebook.com/slash/worshipministrycatalyst, Twitter.com/slash/wmcatalyst. You can send an email to David at WorshipMinistryCatalyst.com or Kevin at WorshipMinistryCatalyst.com Or you can call and leave a voicemail at 360-818-4339 Thanks a lot for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye!